Hello and welcome to Bible Marathon. We're all about learning how to read the Bible, about spiritual gifts and giving proper defense and explanation for what we believe as Christians. The goal is to progress with joy in the faith and without further ado, let's get into the word. All right. So what are we doing today, guys? What are we doing today? We are... Um, starting a new series let me stop sharing my screen we're starting a new series and last month was just on discernment we learned a whole lot on that um but this month we're going a little bit into what people would call some people might call carnal and they'll call it carnal because i mean this is a bible study group we should be focusing on everything that has to do with the word of god and spirit of god and all those things um but we want to take a little detour because as much as the spiritual disciplines are important, you cannot go very far in your life, practically speaking, if you don't have natural disciplines. And when I say natural disciplines, I mean things that are consistent in your life, that you work on, that you build to make sure that you have a productive life. And so this month, We've tagged it or themed it prolific, all right? Prolific. And when we say prolific, it's just a word that means very excellent in, in, its, in any endeavor. So if I say, oh, he's a prolific writer, you know, I'm talking about very excellent in writing, very good in writing, um, prolific um, artist, same thing, right? So what we want to do together today is really to build, first of all, a case for being prolific. And then we'll go ahead and discuss, not just discuss, but practically put to work everything that we've discussed. All right. So that's what today is really about. It probably will not be the whole, the full hour. All right. But I want everyone to be intentional. So wherever you are, dressed or undressed, um, cooking or not cooking, whatever you are doing right now. I want you to be very intentional about this time because this might be the only time this year where you may take this thing seriously. How many of you know how ineffective, um, hmm, should I just generalize? Well, how many of you know how ineffective in itself new year resolutions can be? Okay, I'm seeing Ugo's hand. So I'm seeing Cynthia's hand. Very good. I like the feedback. Because I mean, and it's it's a it's a very interesting thing. Like we keep doing the same thing over and over, and we don't get better results. But we just kind of feel like we should keep doing it because it's popular. And so the idea is, you know, it's a new year, new start. And if you've listened to me talk on this at any point in time, I've told you that you don't need to wait for a new year to start again. Like oh, beautiful! It's a great opportunity. It's a new calendar. You know, it's a new year. But is anything really new? Like many people are probably, when they cross over to the new year, they're still wearing the same clothes. Some people have not even showered. Mm-hmm. Nothing has changed. It's not like the sky stopped being blue or the sun stopped coming out. Everything goes in cycles. That's what um, Solomon was trying to teach us in Ecclesiastes. Like, hey, the world is in systems. Things will keep happening. And I want to start with that just to show you a little bit of what I'm saying. So let's go real quick to Ecclesiastes. And just to show you that there is there is a, 
everything has been hardwired, you know, to, it's just a way God has created life and systems. God is a God of systems. All right. So I want, I want to read this real quick. We're reading Ecclesiastes chapter three from verse one. I'll read, I want us to read from verse one to verse five. So can someone read it on this screen? Okay. Kaiho Naho. I've heard about this movie. It's a, an Indian movie. She learned about the self, <laughs> the selflessness of love. <laughs> Replica said, the, sorry, I'm going to change the language. I'll change it now. But I also want to read it while I'm doing that. So can someone read Ecclesiastes 3 from verse 1 to 5? I can do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, huh? Okay. Uh, go, go ahead. No, Jimmy um, can go. There's too many scriptures, so don't <laughs> you read. All right. Um, okay, Ecclesiastes 3. Um, to everything there is a season, a time okay. for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Thank you very much. So, so what we're seeing is Solomon is writing this, by the way, Ecclesiastes was written by Solomon. And he's just, he's just pouring out his heart, talking about what he has observed under the sun. Now, we know the story, right? Before now, Solomon was this great king. And then God was like, wow, you've done this for me. Ask anything. And he says, I want wisdom. So he gets wisdom for governing, for leading people, right? But with that comes other things. And with that, the experience, the riches, the wealth, there's a level you get to in life that you just want to explore, right? Look at someone like Elon Musk. He has too much money, so yeah, he can do anything he wants to do now. So Twitter, ooh, Twitter looks nice. I like the bird, but, right? <laughs> you know, and so people with wealth tend to be able to explore that way or want to do that. And Solomon was one of those people. And so the whole book of Ecclesiastes is, hey, guys, you don't have to be stupid like me. You don't have to explore like me. I've done it. I've been there, seen it, done that. I've married all the wives I can, but yeah, there's no satisfaction there. I've, I've seen the sun go up. It's as, it's, everything is meaningless. That's his conclusion. <laughs> and so, and then someone will be like, well, shall I give me the money? I still want to experience it, you know? But if someone has been there and has been the wealthiest man that ever lived and has experienced all of that, there's something to learn from him. And so here's this, his mindset. He says, to everything, there is a season, meaning every aspect of one's life takes place in phases. There's nothing that you want to do now that is, has not already, in a sense, been done in the past. And that's just the point. To everything, there's a season, there's a time, there's a purpose on that heaven. So you don't choose when you are born, but there's a time for, for your birth. And then, you, you know, there's a time to die. There's a time for everything. And notice the last part. He says, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and to refrain from embracing. And he's just saying there are different times and seasons in one's life. And even though those things are 
you know, present and they make up what we, we see and what we perceive, we have, because he's the one writing it, we have a responsibility to, first of all, understand that that's what things, that's how things work. And then to do something with that. Another reference, look at um, Genesis 8. Some of you have already heard this before. And um, some people have used it out of context. But this was when God was, you know, wiping up off the earth with water, with floods. And he told Noah, you know, everything is going to be all right. Let's go to uh, chapter 8 from verse 22. Sorry, the font is bad, but I hope you can still see it. So who can read this for us real quick? While the earth remains, seed time, harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. What does that mean? So as long as the earth, this terrestrial life remains, guess what he's saying? Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. We have this guarantee from God himself that tomorrow you will come out you see the sun <laughs> and you know there's you will see it things are going to continue in systems in fashion if you plant a seed you there will be a time for that seed to 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 grow and there will be a time for you to go and harvest it how many of you have eaten unripe banana very that green very green and you you know you open it and you it is like what is this I'm eating? But when it is ripe, it is very beautiful, very tasty. And so there is a season and a time for everything. And so what God really wants for us to do is recognize that and use it to our advantage. These things are going to continue. So use it to your advantage. And so if, if you, you know for a fact that when you wake up in the morning, there's going to be sunlight, you know, except... In rare cases where something happens, or maybe we even know we can predict there's an eclipse, even you know, or something like that. But there is always there are systems. So if we have a God, first of all, that is a God of systems, wisdom demands that we get into that same system, that same structure of making sure there is something repeatable and consistent and framed in our lives. Do you understand? I, I'm trying to what I'm doing right now is just to sell the vision of being prolific, being intentional about um, creating the kind of life that you want. And now that I've said that, there, there are some people who this is their entire life's goal or their, their teaching, their mission, whatever it is. You know, how many of you have heard a lot of motivational speakers just tell you about, you know, create the life that you want, um, be the best that you can be. And sometimes some people have even equated that to being the gospel message, which is not, it is not by any chance, but it must not be left out. It's true to, to an extent. Like you are, you, you are right now a product of the influences around you and the decisions that you have made. Does anyone disagree with that statement? You're, where you are right now, it is the it is the byproduct or the sum product of the environment that you are in and the decisions that you have made. So the environment can be your family, it could be the school you went to, the friends you keep, the, the things you expose yourself to or that you're exposed to. And then the decisions you make based on those things. So if you decide, okay, well, everybody's studying, I'm not going to study, is is 
it, it's we go back to what there is a time and it, like you there will be the resultant effect of whatever choices you make so if i want to see different results in my life if i want to be productive if i want to be excellent well because there is a, a thing called systems i can make it work so what do i need to do to be successful in academics logic says or everything that we see from there's a time and a season plus as the earth will remain there are systems there are things will operate as they will so you would have to study put in the work and then you get the results right that makes sense right i think some of these things need to be repeated um these things need to be repeated for us to really understand the gravity of this your life is a product of your environment and your decisions. And so because we're in a group now, and I'm speaking from my heart, this is a group of, I mean, people are here from their 20s to their 30s, right? There's, is there any, oh, there's, uh, we have somebody that is 40 here. Um, and I think it would be a good idea to even have, you know, have him speak at some point, just because perspective is necessary. Um, if you at if you are at your early twenties, late twenties, early thirties, according to a lot of scholars and specifically someone I love so much, Jordan Peterson. How many of you know that name? You know he has talked about how influential that time of your life is. Like you, that's when you are framing your worldview. That's when you are deciding what kind of life you want to have. And if you don't take that time seriously, if you don't build systems, if you don't become very deliberate about the kind of things you allow, the kind of structures you have, you might just end up being very unproductive in life. Very, you know, vague and useless. I'm sorry to put it that way. But because you could do a lot more, but you chose not to then you get those results. And so uh, let's leave spirituality. Um, I, I mean, you can't leave that entirely, but let's leave the whole um, pseudo spirituality of God will do it. Oh, I will get that miracle job. Oh, I will do, you know, get X, Y, Z. No, there's, there's, there are systems in place. For example, imagine if you saw someone who, you know, was lazy. He didn't do any work. They didn't, they, nothing, no investments, nothing, nothing. And they just start praying to God. They go for like a program like Shiloh or, you know, um, Redemption Camp. And they are praying, they are fasting, they are doing everything spiritually in their power. Is there going to be any result mm -hmm. from that? I'm seeing a lot of heads being, you know, shaking. And absolutely, if there's any result, it will be one out of, a million people. And what would that be? Maybe some, somehow you got the raffle and you now come on the stage and say, oh, God has done it. And you think that that defines everyone's experience. But the norm is if you don't work, you do not eat. So apart from that, his prayer life improves well. <laughs> and in fact, that's even a problematic prayer life. If you are praying against the will of God, if you are praying amiss, it's not even positive in any sense, except that, you know, you're talking to God. So I see, I see replicas point, but the point is there are some things that are just obvious to us. That's why in school you can have a Muslim 
that I mean, someone who doesn't really regard the God of the Bible or even an atheist that doesn't believe in God or anything, you know, and they're putting in the work, they're studying, they're burning the midnight candle and they're successful, right? It, it, sometimes it seems like if we, if, so a lot of people are so clouded by false spirituality that they miss these obvious truths. If you look at the Forbes list, today and you look very carefully at the the first 10 people you cannot point to one person that is a devout christian what does that tell you because maybe you go to church and in church you hear a sermon the reason you are poor is because you are not giving to god if you if you pause and you are logical that doesn't make sense so why are all the forbes list people not they don't care about God, but they are successful. It's because life runs on principles. You sow and you will reap. It's just that's just it. And so I, I want to challenge us to, you know, today and for the rest of this month. The whole goal here is to say, all right, we have a new month. Times and seasons exist. Seed time and harvest will continue. Let's take hold of it. Let's use it to our advantage and say, okay, I know these things will run. There is something called a day. There is something called a week. There's something called a month. Let's take that and make our lives meaningful. Let's make our lives prolific based on the time and seasons that we have. Does that make sense? So I want to put up something on the screen now. And I think just to help us see, just to get a gauge of the room, um, is a very simple activity. So I'm going to put it on the screen. I want you to go to this link. Um, it's called menti.com. So wherever you are, whatever device you have, just put it here. Um, let me put it on the group here. menti.com. All right, can you see that link? So just on any device you have with you, go to menti.com and then you'll be asked to type in a code. This is the code. I want you to type in, all right, it's 21, 93, 15, and one, all right? And this is, um, and this is what I want you guys to answer. So what is on the screen is, what is the most important area you would like to improve on this month? So I want to get a gauge from everyone. So what are the categories? It could be health, it could be relationships, it could be finance, it could be, you know, and you can break it down. If you, if you don't want to generalize and say health, you can say um, diet, fitness. Um, it could even be your prayer life. It could be anything. So I want you guys to start um, responding. Let me know if you guys are able to. Let me copy the link. You can try the link directly. And if you are doing it correctly, it's supposed to show. Okay, great. So it's anonymous, by the way. So if you are thinking, you know, you can put anything. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be vague. Try and be very specific. So I'll give some time for that. So what is the most important area you would like to improve on this month? Okay, I, I love what I'm seeing. And by the way, the ones that are, okay, I love it. I love it. So what is what you're seeing on the screen is, um, it's a map that just shows a frequency, like how frequently some people are choosing some things. 
And I have good news for you because I expected this. So let's let's keep going. Just keep um keep going. And you know what's interesting? If you've written it, if you've done it once, I think you have an opportunity to do it uh, twice or three times. So if there's another area, I know it's was the most important, but um let's see. Okay, okay. So 12 responses. All right, thank you. If you are done, let me know, maybe with a show of hands or something. All right, good, good, good. All right, let's move on. Now, this is as this class is going to be as practical as we can get. Let's not, there's no form in here. So let's just get as practical as we can. And I know there are many um nuances to this. Everyone has different goals, everyone has different um life situations, right? So I'm not just generalizing. I know that someone might say, I want this but this is what I'm experiencing right now in my life. And like I said, there are times and seasons. So if you're in a very difficult time, guess what? A good time is coming. But because there are systems already in place in the world, we have to fit in there and make things work. So let's, let's look at the map for a bit. So look at the screen. I don't know if you guys can see the screen very well, but look at the screen. Uh, let me zoom in. Okay, well, I think it's good enough. So notice, what is the most important thing a lot of people want to improve on this month? Fitness, interestingly. So let's talk a little bit about, about that. By the way, let me tell you what this month is really about. Um, every single Sunday for the rest of this month, we're going to be having deep panel sessions talking about different the core aspects. And it's actually aligned with what you the most important things on this screen, which is very interesting. So many people have the same desires. So I'm so happy. Everything's already planned for in, in terms of topics for the month. And I'm so happy it's aligned with this. So um, what, I've just forgotten what I was talking about now. I think fitness, right? Um, if you look at this char chart, you notice that fitness is showing up the most. What else is showing up the most? Finances, then health. So health and fitness together. Then we're seeing time management. So that's another aspect. What else are we seeing? Um, relationship with God. So if I look here, finance, finances, relationship with God, fitness, health, career, time management. Those are, those are the very important ones here. I'm seeing some other ones, good, worthy mentions that actually I'm going to talk about. Um, I'm seeing mental health. Mental health is one of the most underrated aspects of human life, but it's, it, there is such a thing as mental health. And um, I'm happy with a lot of sensitization on that topic. Um, but many of us don't even realize that we are going through depression. You know, and and um, some people are just really depressed and is medically um, traced. It may not be a demon. It may just be just the circumstances and what you're exposed to and the kind of stress that you're involved with. So it's really a thing that needs to be discussed, and we will discuss it this this month. So I was I was trying to explain what we're going to do this month. This is more of like an introduction and to help us get a plan. That's what I really want us to do in these meetings, to set a plan to be prolific in the month of April. And guess what that would look like? Like every single day, you keep getting to your goal. 
man, there is a joy that comes from that. There is a joy that comes from, wow, I said I was going to achieve this and I got it done. And I want you all to experience that. So everyone's experience will be different. Everyone's um, major goal will be different. But we're going to look at the core areas that are shown clearly in this map. I will try to um, you know, give you the training and the conversations to help you know, stir you up in, um, in remembrance, as, as John would say in the Bible. And so one might be asking, is this founded on scripture, this whole concept that we're following? I think it is. I think it is. So apart from the fact that um, it was almost intuitive for the early church that they had to take care of themselves. In fact, there were several times you see in scriptures where either a, a, an apostle was writing a letter and would greet them and mention their health, or you see Paul talking about someone who went over and beyond and advising that person to take care of their health. Let me give you some examples. I'm not put the scriptures up, but I'll share some of them. So the theme text for this month is 3 John chapter 1 from verse 2. So I'm going to come back to this chart, all right? But I want to read that text to you. 3 John 1, 2. And we had that on the screen earlier. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So who is writing this? It is John writing to Gaius, right? Or Gaius. How many of you have watched Merlin? So you know Gaius, right? It's not the same Gaius, but Gaius was like Merlin's um, master or something. Okay, but look at verse, verse two. It says, beloved. So this is someone he loves. What is his prayer for his beloved? Now, some people have taken this as a doctrine. I think that is extreme. This is a greeting. But in the greeting, we get some understanding that John wants the best for Gaius. So what does he say? He says, beloved, I pray. It's a prayer. It's something I'm asking God for. That you may prosper in all things. So there is something, there's such a thing as prosperity, and it is a biblical concept. Don't fall for the error. I know this is one thing I suffered growing up as a Christian, because I was exposed to an extreme prosperity gospel teaching, it affected my desire for anything success. And some of you may not really know what that looks like, but I was listening to teachings that were telling me, you know, God is all about your prosperity, your happiness, your joy, your peace, your everything. And then there was no balance there that, hey, even though this is what he wants for you, and this is what you will receive at the very end, your life is not going to be very easy. You're going to be faced with trials and temptations and troubles. If you are living godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. If you live in this earth that is falling, things will happen in your life. But in spite of those happenings, you have overcome the world because you are in Christ. And you will receive a new body where all of these things will come to an end entirely. That's the full gospel. But most people are only preaching one aspect, which we've, we've which is, you know, aptly called the prosperity gospel, which is, is an idea that God is all about you. And if anything is going wrong in your life, it's because you don't have enough faith. Or, you know, and there are many forms and shapes of that. But the, the balanced understanding in the scriptures is prosperity is what God wants for you. 
And that prosperity does not necessarily mean Elon Musk level of wealth. It just means being satisfied, content, and fulfilled. All right. And so he said, I want you to prosper in all things, having enough for yourself and enough to give and bless people. He says, and then, and be in health. So he wants him to be healthy just as your soul prospers, right? You go to uh, 2 Timothy, or is it 1 Timothy, towards the end where Paul is telling his son and he says, ha, you are having a lot of stomach, stomach illnesses. What does he tell him to do? Drink a little wine. Take care of yourself, right? You know, if you look at um, James chapter 5, where we're told to, you know, verse 14, if anyone among you is sick, and this is something that I don't think I've taught here, but let me show you something. Maybe you haven't seen it before. Um, if anyone among you is sick, it says, let him call for the elders of the church. Let, him, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So some people ask, like, why is there still a need for oil when you have prayed for the sick? And for a long time, I, I was struggling with understanding this text. It's like, okay, if someone is sick, call for the elders, right? That's good. Next thing, let them pray. Well, I understand. Prayer, that is what saves the sick, right? Look at even the next verse tells us, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. So, so the prayer is going to do the healing. So what is the anointing? What is that anointing about? Who can tell me? When it says anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Hey, hey, Jesus. I'm a rubber boy. Anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Who can tell me? Okay, Mo, talk to me. I think it means like, like anointing oil in the sense that like olive oil, eucalyptus oil, us that have like healing properties. Thank right. So you. they should apply those things on them. And also like pray as they Thank do it. You. That is, I'm I'm really impressed. Well done, Mo. So there is there is something. Remember, this was pre-medical times where you know now we understand the uses of many things. But back then they had, you know, they understood that there were herbs and things that you could get from plants, trees in all of those things. And they will use that for medicinal purposes. And so that was really what was intended here. So it's not like there is something about the anointing oil per se, but this is more like anoint with oil. What kind of oil? A, a healing balm or something that could soothe whatever um, condition that person was going through. That's really what is really, uh, is really meant here. Um, can people get healed when you, know, you anoint them with oil? Absolutely. God can use any means. He can use Peter's shadow. He can use aprons. He can use handkerchiefs. He can use your hands, which is a primary, primary tool he would want to heal people with. But when he says anointing them with oil, that's what it's talking about. You can go to the Old Testament. That's something they did a lot in the book of Exodus. There's a lot of anointing with oil, not for just leadership, but for health. All right. And so I'm bringing all these examples to show that in fact, do you remember, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here. Jesus himself, after he healed the child, the dead child, what did he tell his mom? He said, give, what did he tell her mom? Give her something to eat. So the miraculous must be followed with the physical. All right. So you pray for the sick and then you still do all the necessary things to keep them healthy. 
And I think that's where a lot of people miss it. You, you can do a lot of spiritual things, but if you don't have the physical part to back that up, you miss the whole point. You can be spiritual, you can be doing the work of the ministry, but Paul can tell you, drink a little wine for your frequent illnesses. You understand what I'm saying, right? There has to be that balance. There has to be that understanding that you are in this body, so you will need to do what the body requires to stay alive and fit. Have you heard cases of people who are deep in ministry and they've done so much for the Lord and then you just hear they slumped and died? How many of you have heard this story? Like I've heard some very sad stories. People that have given themselves to the ministry and it's like the people start saying it's an attack of the devil. I'm like, no, they didn't rest. They were not intentional about their health. You know? So I, I don't want us to have, you know, this very spiritualized idea of living that we forget that, hey, you're, you are a human being. Guess what makes up a human being? Body, soul, and spirit. If you leave your body to suffer, your spirits and soul will also suffer. Not because they are not powerful enough, but because your body is the limitation of your spirit and your soul. That body must be taken care of. Praise Jesus. It's so important. So I want us to, this is the last part of today's session. And it's where we are just going to get very, very intentional now. So I really want you to think with me. And I want us to have a conversation. All right. So um, I'll tell you when you can give some feedback, when you should talk and stuff like that. But I want us to plan. All right. Let's use April as our prototype to build new habits, things that we want to do, and just make up your mind that you'll do it. There are three things that make the difference, all right, in anything, in any, if you want to see a change in your life, there are three things that are important. And you can take note of this before we jump in. Three things that are important if you want to see a change in your life. Any change that is worthwhile has these three things. Number one, decision. You have to decide. If you don't make a decision that this is what you want to do, you will sway. You will definitely sway. There has to be a decision. Now, decision is not enough, but there must be a decision, right? You see, everywhere in the scriptures with the Apostle Paul, you'll be like, you know, I have made up my mind to do this or that. You, you see, you say, I, 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 um, I'm convinced, right? There are statements of decision. Um in the apostles and even in, in, you know, in, in real life today, if you're seeing anyone who is extremely successful at anything, if it's, even if it's in breaking a habit, for example, it starts with making a decision. Like you have to say, see, I don't want to do this anymore. If you don't have that first step, everything else becomes very left to chance. All right. So that's number one decision. Number two, is a realistic plan. So you make a decision, but you need to have a realistic plan. All right. And that makes sense, right? If you're going to study and you say, for example, I remember when um, I've always been a really good student, um, but I remember very vividly in primary five, there was one girl that took my place as first position. So I was first position, first position. They're like, ah, this small boy, very smart kid. I was the head boy in primary six, eventually. 
So, but I was very short. I had a big head and I was short. You give, I don't know if you've seen my <laughs> primary school pictures. It was very, very funny. And now I'm actually tall. So God has done a miracle in my life. Praise God. You know, but back then I was, I, I, I didn't know anything, but I just knew that I was very, very determined. It was really, really painful for me. In primary five, she took over. I think it was primary five or primary four. And she was now first. I was now second. Ah, it pained me. I came home. I told my mommy, uh, you know, I, I was saying, I don't want, I don't want to be second. I don't want to be second. She said, don't worry. Don't worry. And I remember very vividly, she said, let's plan. We'll take every single subject and we'll, we'll prepare together. I thank God for my mom. And then, <laughs> you know, and she would, she would help me. She would like, you know, do my homework with me and all of that. And I actually became first again. So I think that was a great lesson that if you decide and there's a plan, you see results. And that was, I was really young. I don't even like think it's mean, like how many of you remember anything that you did in primary school? In fact, in WAEC, WAEC that used to be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Nobody's really caring about WAEC like that. Now I don't know what stage you are in life, but I'm just telling you prophetically, that your jump score will not really be important prophetically, like in life, in the grand scheme of things. It will get you to the next level, but don't worry. If your, if your jump score was not the very best, it's not the, it's not the stamp of your life. All right. <laughs> okay, some of you remember what you studied. But I've mentioned two things. Decision, decide to decide. And you know what? You can do it. Like decision is something you can do, you can make, like it's, it's in your power, it's in your control. All right. Benita remembers where she fought. Ah, I always knew you were a strong girl. I just, I've always known. And then the second thing I mentioned is have a plan and the plan has to be realistic. So it's not just, so for example, if your goal is weight loss, you now say, I want to lose 50 pounds in three days. <laughs> Or what is, what is 50 pounds in kg? Someone should help me with that conversion. You know, can someone do that for me? I, I don't know. I forgot in kg now. But you want to lose 50 pounds in three days. Woman of God, man of God, I see you. 25 kg. You want to lose 25 kg in three days. Nothing is impossible with God. What God cannot do does not. <laughs> but it's not realistic. It's not. Except you want to get a, a sickness that will just, you know, really affect you badly. I mean, that's not, that's not how things work. So we see from life and creation. Thank you for the maths, um, geniuses. Thank you so much. We see from life and from our observation that it takes time for things to grow. If I plant a seed and then I leave it, I water it, I go there to check it, open the seed, bring it out, check it, it's not growing, put it back. Is that seed going to ever grow? No. So there is a consistent process. The seed has to be in the ground, water needs to keep coming, sunlight, all the elements of nutrition need to be there. And then you start to see that progress. I think my battery has died. I'm switching my camera now, right? So hope you guys still see me. All right, yeah. So. Because you have those structures in life, you can definitely see how that applies to your own personal life. If you want to see sustainable goals, it's going to take a while. So let's say for the next 30 days, it could be as simple as 
for my health to improve, I'm going to drink six to eight glasses of water daily. And this for someone, maybe you don't drink enough water. You know, water is very important. For someone else, because I know on the screen here, there's a lot about fitness, physical health, losing weight, um, exercising. So I can tell that that's something a lot of people are thinking about. So, and then for some people, it's the opposite. They feel like, oh, they could gain some weight. You can also have sustainable, realistic goals for that. So decision, making a sustainable plan. And who can guess the last point? If you have a plan, you made the decision, what could that last thing be that we always experience after day two of, <laughs> of, our, of our New Year resolution? Sticking to the plan, exactly. Execution. And what is required for execution, consistent execution? What's the word? Action. Okay, action. There's something specific because, I mean, we're still going to plan on, work on the plan. Discipline. Beautiful. Discipline. Discipline. And discipline is basically a combination of self-accountability. And if that's if you're writing it down self-accountability and external factors. And you must be able to look at how those two interrelate. So you've made a decision, you have a plan. It is the sticking to the plan that is the work. So you must be able to, and discipline entails taking your own internal, making an internal assessment of what you know, what you can do, um, looking at the plan that you set up, and making up your mind that you will do it regardless. Like, no matter the situation, no matter what happens, that's why it has to be realistic. Because for someone who has not worked out in their lives, you now say, I want to be going to the gym six days a week. Hmm. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that's a good realistic plan. And so it will make execution very difficult. So you want to ensure that you have you take very very um, intentional care or um, investigate what you can actually do, and then actually put put um, realistic plans in place. So, or realistic actions, step by step actions in place. Let me show you that the concept of the concept of um, Discipline is something very, very deeply rooted in the scriptures. Let me show you um, Philippians chapter three, just to show you that this is something that you need to know and understand. Um, Philippians three twelve, and this is the context is about ministry, but I want you to see it and understand where he's going with this. This is Paul the apostle, Philippians chapter three from verse twelve. I don't know if anyone has seen this scripture before, but I'm going to read it to you and I want you to just think about it. And while I'm reading this, I hope you have something near you where you can start to write things down because we are going to build a plan together in the next 15 minutes. That's what we are doing. We're going to build a plan and I'll, I'll ask those who want to volunteer so we can vet that plan and see if it is feasible. It is a safe space. At that point, I'm going to stop the stream so that your whatever you tell me is not going to be on YouTube or on any other platform. It's just going to be here in a smaller group. 
where we can kind of be accountable to each other. So look at what Paul says. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. So he's talking about ministry. God called him and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm not attained. I press on. He says, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. And there's so much of an application here to what we are talking about today. You know, this month, I have decided to start restart something that I was consistent at at the time. So being vulnerable with you guys, I used to go to the gym consistently at a certain time. Last, some of you even know, because I was giving you like evidence, you know. Um, I was going to the gym at least four times a week. I was seeing some progress and then life hits me, which is times and seasons, right? And I had more responsibilities and it was like, okay, this one has to go for now. At least I'm okay. I feel like I'm not out, totally out of shape. So let me just focus on the important things, things that have eternal value. So I did that, but I'm like, okay, now I'm beginning to have some sense of stability again. And I have to go back to that. So a realistic plan in my mind would be, just like Paul is saying, forgetting the fact that I've been to the gym, because that can be a, a big hindrance to progress and just looking forward to the things that I, uh, that are before. So a, a workable plan or a plan that I'm already going with is I'm starting, I'm doing three times a week at the gym, spending at least an hour. That's my own goal. And then I'm increasing my water intake. So that's practical decision-making, practical planning, and then it's the discipline. So to, to get it done, like I said, the first one is, knowing what to do and how to do it. Then the second part is what I said, the external factor or what I would tag accountability. All right. So there are two aspects to um, discipline. Don't forget protein. That's, that's my gym master there. No problem. So the second part of discipline is accountability. So you, you can have this zest and that, that, the zeal and everything within you to do it. But what helps to achieve it consistently is to have some structure, some kind of accountability to help with that. So those are the three things. Look at what Paul says in First uh, Corinthians. And sometimes I cringe because some of these things, I have to be careful that I'm not taking them out of context, right? Because most of the context here is, is ministry related, but it has very, very direct implications on our own lives. So look at this now. This is 1 Corinthians 9.24. It says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but, not, but one receives the price? So run in a way that you may obtain it. And look at what he uses here. He says, everyone who competes for the price, price is temperate in all things. What does temperate in all things mean? Um, what does that mean? It means if you are going for a certain goal, you have to be very, you have to be intentionally self, um, full of self-control. You have to have a level of discipline. That's what he's referring to. I must be able to say no to certain things. I must be able to say, hey, because I made up my mind to do this and this, this has to go. I must be hardworking at whatever I decide to. Yeah, diligent. Thank you, Ugo. 
So he's temperate in all things, meaning he's not, he's not, um, what's it called? He, casual, very, he's very athletic in his decision here. You know, look at this in NLT. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So spiritually speaking, our faith walk is for an eternal prize. But guess what? It is wise to make sure that your physical well-being is taken care of. Like we read before, I wish above all things that you prosper and you're in health even as your soul prospers. All right. So let me stop talking and, and let's get to work. So here's what I want you to do. All right. Very simple. We're going to classify everything we want to do into five categories. So we are setting a, a goal in the month of April in five areas of our lives. Can we, are, we, are we good to do that? So the first category, and just please, can, you, can I know that you guys are still here? So any feedback? Can anyone just say, yes, I can hear you? Yes. Okay. How many, of you, how many of you have writing materials with you right now? I do. Okay, good. Now, this is, is, this is like a, a prototype, like I said. You're going to still go ahead and do a lot of you know, personal work to, to, to fill it up. But I'm just giving you a guide of what it should look like. All right. So, sorry. So, are we ready? The first aspect is health. So I'm just going to be giving you some things that will help you. But I want you to write down a goal. Now, what is a goal? A goal is a plan, a full plan. Because a lot of people just say, I want to be successful in life. That's not a goal. <laughs> so a goal is a well-written plan to accomplish a certain task. So I want you to do that right now. The first aspect is health. So that what that can look like is maybe three or four lines, but things that you will be doing that you know would help you improve your health. And you know how this is going to be so specific to you because we all have, we're all at different stages in our health. And there are some things that Therese might be able to do that Pearl may not be able to do, you know. So I want you to take some time, look into your, just write it down, things you want to do health-wise. So it could be increase your water intake by how much? What am I doing every day for the next 30 days with water? What am I doing? Some people, it might be, I'm staying away from sugar or I'm reducing or cutting down my sugar intake. So let's just start there, right? Just write something down. It could be, I'm going to start stretching, working out, whatever it is, but I want you to be specific. And I'm, and I'm going to ask, like I said, once I take off, the stream, which I will do now. So everyone on YouTube, thank Hey there. So we've come to the end of this teaching session and we hope it was for you a teaching and an enlightening moment. We have so many other topics on our podcast that range from spiritual gifts to charisma to interpreting the Bible world and so many others. If you'd like to listen to any one of them, just look through our podcast catalog and find the topic that you'd love to learn. If you'd like to join us Sunday live on MixLR or on Zoom, all you need to do is go to our website, which is bit.ly forward slash bmglive4. That's the number four. Or you can look in the description and you'll find the link to the website there.
We hope you have a blessed week and continue to grow and progress with joy in your faith.